The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Productions, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tolano. Uh, good evening and welcome back to Streetwise. Uh, my guest uh, this evening, uh, Roger Stone, he's a best-selling author, and uh, just recently uh, his newest uh, or latest best-selling book, and it's a New York Times best-selling book, by the way, uh, Stone Rules, and that's uh, Roger Stone. And uh, just a couple of interesting things before he comes on the show, and uh, aside from being on the Exploratory Committee, Presidential Exploratory Committee for Donald Trump. Uh, he worked with Rick, Richard Nixon, and uh, but he was a young, a young. Uh, I guess I got to say a young. I was going to say a young kid, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. So he was a young fellow on the Richard Nixon uh, at, at that time on this campaign, and he, but he was an aide on the campaign for Ronald Reagan, and heavily involved with uh, Donald Trump. But I'm going to surprise you. You'll never guess what other campaign that he worked on. So, But I'm going to wait until he comes on and uh, let you know, because it was a little surprise to me as well. And uh, you'll be surprised also when I let you know what other campaign that he worked on. Uh, you know, before he comes on, I just wanted to talk about a few things. Uh, surprise, right? Andy Cuomo won re-election. Is that a surprise? You know, he ran against uh, an actress. Uh, if you if you watched her show, TV show, uh, you, then you'd know who who she was. But very few people knew who she was, unless you know. Again, if you watch these these shows that are on the television, but no political background, no experience in this uh, political uh, world. And Andy Cuomo is bragging about how he whooped Cynthia Nixon's butt. And, uh, you, you know, she got 500,000 votes as, how do I say it, unknown, unnamed, and she got 500,000 votes. And he's claiming he won by a landslide. Oh, I guess you could say it was a landslide. He got almost a million, but let me tell you, so he got, uh, I guess, double. That's not surprising, but... What is surprising is, is that Cynthia Nixon got 500,000 votes. Do you know, if she was running for another office, maybe Congress or whether the U.S. Senate, or even locally, say, in New York State Senate or New York State Assembly, she'd be a shoo-in with 500,000 votes. That's a lot of votes. You know, she has to, uh, I, I'm not crazy about her. But uh, I'm saying, uh, with 500,000 people that voted for her, you know, uh, she, I'm sure that she will be thinking about running for another office. But I did uh, talk to some uh, people that did uh, vote in the Democratic primary, and uh, many of them said that they didn't like her, they didn't know her, but they voted for her as a protest against uh, Andy uh, Cuomo. But again, that's uh, not surprising and not surprising 
that uh, Andy Cuomo won re-election. You know, I'm going to just talk about, I might as well continue talking about uh, Andy uh, Cuomo. So, do you know what he just did recently? Uh, he is permitting sex offenders and pedophiles to, uh, who are on parole, by the way, to vote in our school system. So they can go into any, any school and vote. Uh, but then when he was uh, sort of uh, challenged or questioned or it was an inquiry, he says, well, what I'll do is uh, they can come in and vote uh, after 7 p.m. You know, locally in the Levittown School District, they just canceled all activities in their school election day period because they might get there early, you know. Uh, but keep in mind, there was a lot of school activities at 7 p.m., whether it's basketball, whatever, uh, volleyball, or, or, or meetings, the scouts meetings. So my point is, Obviously, uh, he's looking for more votes. He'll take him anywhere. He'll take him from Rikers. We all know that. He'll take him from Sing Sing. We all know that. You know, Attica. So, uh, but he's catering to the worst of the worst. So desperate and so hard up for a vote. He's allowing pedophiles, sex offenders to go into a school environment. Alright, so just say there's no kids in the school. You don't have to be a psychologist or psychiatrist, and I'm talking from experience. You cannot put a pedophile or sex offender in a school environment. You cannot just have them there in that particular atmosphere because something will do to them, and you know, that they can't control themselves, and they'll tell you that. Many of them tell you that they can't control. If they're a pedophile, they tell you itself it's not, con- not controllable. So you take one of these people, and he goes into uh, a school environment. Now, if you walk into a hallway of any of our schools, you see graduation photos of uh, young children all over the place, you know. My opinion, having dealt with some of them in my law enforcement background, they will get an impulse. They will get actually excited, and, you know, and that may trigger something off in their mind. So please remember that election day. This is the guy who wants to, um, he won the primary, so now he just has to run in the, in the election in the November. I want you to keep something else in mind with uh, Donald, Donald, uh, I'm going to talk about Donald the Trump in a moment, but uh, Andy Cuomo, uh, you, you know, and I spoke about it. I spoke about it on my show recently, but I didn't go in depth that I would like to do now. He uh, he says of uh, Donald Trump. That's what I was leading to. Donald Trump uh, pardons uh, is some of his associates. One was an attorney. One was a business uh, associate, and one actually worked on his campaign. But who are being charged with white collar crimes? Keep that in mind. Civil white Collar crimes. Okay, crime is a crime is a crime. Uh, we know that. But uh, I'm going to make an, uh, a comparison. If Donald Trump pardons them, he will sue him. He will challenge it. Keep that in mind, folks. Also keep in mind 
what Donald Trump did this year. This year, Donald Trump approved the parole of three cop killers. Look at the comparison. Three cop killers. Also, what you have to keep in mind, if the criminal on the street or out there has total disregard for your police, our police, where do you stand? How do, where do you count? You know? So, now, I just went to a law enforcement meeting, and I, I guess I'll give them a plug, the New York Shields, which is a great law enforcement fraternal organization uh, out on Long Island. In fact, that's their name, the Long Island Shields. One of their guest speakers, uh, by the way, who I'm going to have on my show down the road, is a former parole commissioner. And uh, he said he doesn't mind if I mention his name. His name is James B. Ferguson, Jr. And I think I knew his dad. His dad was a retired uh, detective uh, from Manhattan. And, uh, you know, after all these years and so many people have you worked, worked with, uh, but... Uh, I, I think I knew his dad anyway as a fellow detective in, in the city. But I have to tell you his story. 27 years as a commissioner with the New York State Department parole, and he was terminated. Terminated, terminated by Andy Cuomo because three, and I mentioned these other guys' names who, who approved the parole of three cop killers. I didn't have uh, James Ferguson's name and I didn't have his name because he was the he was the one that opposed he opposed the release of these three cop killers. You know, so he was outnumbered. And the other three commissioners because you, you know you're gonna have the majority of the uh, pro commissioners to make a decision if someone is gonna go out on uh, released uh, on parole. So he was outnumbered. But he opposed. He since he opposed, so what's the difference? Uh, Andy Cuomo got what he wanted. He got three murderers, cop killers, back out on the street, folks. You know, so he got what he wanted. So why terminate this guy, which he did? So what happened? Twenty-seven years as a New York State Parole Commissioner, James B. Ferguson Jr. He lost his job. You know. And you needed 30 years in that system to get a full pension. So that affected him monetarily as well. So this is Andy Cuomo getting back. Now, the other three commissioners, well, why did they go along with releasing three cop killers? Because they were appointed by Andy Cuomo. You want to keep your job? You do, you know. He says jump, as the the old cliche. The answer is how high. And that's what they did. Now, again, he was not uh, appointed by Andy Cuomo because he's there 20 or was there 27 years ago. So that's uh, Andy Cuomo. So you please keep that in mind, you know, when you hit the uh, the uh, voting booth this uh, short time away. I think it's the first Tuesday or Thursday, but I'll, I'll get it straight hopefully by the end of the show. And you probably know anyway of uh, November. Now, talking about things, and once in a while I talk about fake news, and I just got to talk about uh, the New York Times. uh, Listen to this. Confidential, unknown, reliable 
source. <laughs> Listen, could you believe this, right? Could you believe that? Uh, informed the New York Times that uh, they are working on a clandestine resistance movement within the White House. And they say they are White House officials. And unnamed, unnamed, anonymous, and the New York Times is running with it, you know. And what are they saying they're going to do? By the way, CNN and MSNBC are also running with this uh, fake news story because that's what they uh, are famous for. They call themselves the Trump resistance staff. Again, if it's if it's true, obviously it's not. Uh, what they're doing is they are going to go after Donald Trump's reckless decisions, and they're going to challenge how they're going to do it. Nobody knows who the hell they are. They're going to challenge his capacity to govern, and they're going to work diligently against Trump and to block any decisions that they feel uh, dangerous. So you imagine. So how do you run with a story like that? You know, how do you, and, and this other, uh, but I tell you what I see. There's a book that's called Fear. In Fear, that's exactly what, I, I, won't, I won't even give the two authors a plug on this. I won't mention their name, but I did mention the book. The reason why I mentioned the book is I'm telling you don't buy it. Because exactly what I just mentioned to you is in that book. You know, years ago they would call that propaganda, you know. I, I, again, now today it's, it's fake news. So, but in the book they're saying the same thing. And now people are, are buying it because they're curious. So I, I guess, you know, so uh, uh, one of the uh, United States senators and made a suggestion, not a bad suggestion, but uh, I just want to turn that his suggestion around. He was saying that in, in light of these accusations by these unknown, anonymous, unnamed White House officials who are making all these accusations. Why don't we give Donald Trump's White House staff polygraphs? Now, I, I don't go along with that because I wouldn't want to be, uh, I wouldn't want to be subject to that if I was working any place. But I would, if I was not guilty of something, I'd say, yeah, go along with it. But we're talking about people that are working in, in the White House. It's, uh, it's really below them. It's, 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 it's degrading and it's insulting. But my idea is, right, is how about the person in the New York Times that put this article out there, one person, how about giving him a polygraph? Because I think this was self-man-made, you know. But as we know today, uh, fake news pretty much sells. So... It, it, it is, you know what's mind-boggling? You know what we forgot? People are being accused. People are being accused uh, on fake news, and people are running with it. Whatever happened to the Sixth Amendment, the Sixth Con Constitutional Amendment of the United States of America, your accuser has to face you, and you have to face your accuser. What? What happened with that? That's gone, you know. I, I, I have to tell you this. We are so fortunate that Donald Trump 
uh, had won this election. Because look what they're doing. Now, here's the president, and they're still trying to step over and step on and disregard and ignore the Constitution of the United States of America. In this case, it's the Sixth Amendment. So I really can understand you have to challenge, you know, by, you know, it's, it's our civil rights. It's our right, you know. I, I, who's accusing me, you know? Where is the source? Where is the information? You don't need it. You just have to get a book and put it out there and say what you want. And it works, folks. It seems to work because there are so, I'm sad, I'm sad to say, there are so many gullible people for whatever reason, you know. It's like the Inquirer. A lot of stories are, you know, are fabricated. Some are exaggerated, and some are the truth, you know. But the one thing they do is they do give you a source. They give you something, you know, uh, to look into or to check out. None of this is happening, you know. They're just running with. I, I just, I, you know, I, it's, I, I have to laugh at this, you know. It's this confidential, unknown, reliable source. You, you, oh my God, you want to know something? Hey, hey, you, you want to get divorced? You just say, hey, uh, an unknown, reliable, uh, unknown source said your spouse is cheating, right? Can Take that to court, right? See what happens. Take that to court. Hey, listen, I might have gave some guys or some gals an idea, you know. Hey, who the heck knows, you know. But don't blame me if uh, the divorce rate uh, goes up because people are gullible and they might run with this law. Speaking of fake news... Another interesting thing in um, the hearings, the uh, the judicial hearings for uh, for uh, confirmation confirmation hearings for the uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Now, this uh, Congresswoman, oh by the way, who's a top-ranking uh, Democrat on the Judicial Committee, right, and. Uh, Got information, which she mentioned uh, publicly. Diane Feinstein, by the way, she's California. Well, that's the that might be the uh, clue or the key word, California. You know, uh, Senator Diane Fein Feinstein, Feinstein. I'm not sure, but either way, it works. She's uh, had mentioned that uh, Brett Kavanaugh, by again, folks, by again. Unknown, reliable, uh, again, a source, informed her. How did they inform her? That's How did they inform her? You know, it's, uh, well, maybe because she says it's confidential, unknown, reliable source, that Brett Kavanaugh was uh, sexually assaulted a high school girl when he was in high school over 30 years ago. And... At the hearings, she brought this out. How is she allowed to do that? You know, that's just an important... uh, Where is this country going? This is a judicial confirmation hearing. How could you present garbage? How do you present garbage? Oh, I heard. Somebody told me. I got a letter. I got a phone call. Anonymous. Anonymous, uh, unknown, reliable uh, source. I'll tell you. And... The, the thing, there is an upside to this, uh, because fellow Democrats, 
are challenging her because they know that's improper. You know, they're so desperate. They're so desperate. It's all anti-Trump. You all know that. They're so desperate against Donald Trump that they'll actually, I, I mean, I'm not going to say lie because they do. I mean, that's, that's obviously. But how can they go before a judicial hearing to, to confirm, uh, a U.S. Supreme Court judge and present garbage? No facts. Nothing. You know? Uh, bring the witness in if you want. Subpoena the witness, you know, of 30 years ago. Here we go again. 30 years ago. That, uh, of course he denies it. But now why put it someone like him who's a former federal judge and state judge and federal judge? Why do this to someone like him? To question him. Is this true? Is what true? Is what true? Thirty years ago, you were accused by whom? You can't do that. You have to answer these dumb, stupid questions. You know. So that's that's another example of what the hell is going on in this country. It, it's just a, it's just a, a, amazing. But everybody's running with this confidential unknown. I keep repeating it because it it's 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 such a it's such a joke. So that's my political part. Before my guest comes on the air, Roger Stone, he's going to be an interesting uh, person to interview because I have to say this: he's a colorful character. If you if you know Roger Stone, uh, he's been recently on uh, Hannity, uh, on several several of these shows. Tucker, he's been on all these. Uh, I have to say, Fox news shows. But I think he was uh, on MSNBC. They do. He'll go anywhere to you know. To uh, to be interviewed. That's what's what I meant by colorful. Uh, he'll go to CNN. I think he, CNN. I think he has because I, I watched him being interviewed on a YouTube by a, a ultra liberal left wing, if there's such a thing. I, I laugh at that now. All these different titles, you know. Uh, interviewed him, and uh, again, it was so ridiculous. It was uh, embarrassing, you know. But anyway, he'll be on, and then I'm going to let you know. Aside from uh, Richard Nixon's campaign, Ronald Reagan's, and Donald Trump, you're going to be surprised, folks. You know, and I was, and I was shocked, and I, I just, uh, I would love to talk about it. And uh, he's going to call in, uh, hopefully, any any second now. But I, I just want to talk about a, a few other local things. You know, I talk about uh, how I support bringing back the uh, stop and frisk in New York City, because obviously it, it gets it saves lives and it gets uh, guns off the street. And, uh, you know, uh, Richie Ornstein, my uh, first uh, executive vice president in the New York uh, Federal Police Association, you know, we go to Brooklyn, we go to Bronx, you know, and, and, and we, we get involved with the senators and assemblymen, and uh, we supported the uh, junior, the young uh, police explorer up in the Bronx, and we went there. Brianna's Law, we got involved with. In, in Brooklyn with that family. So, you know, and, and what do I do? It gives me an opportunity to talk to the local assemblymen and, and, and senators on, on a one-to-one. And, and I bring up, I bring, I, I bring up stopping fish because I, I'll tell you why. One of the senators who uh, was there, who Richie and I presented an award to because he was one of the people instrumental in, uh, getting Brianna's law uh, approved, you know, so, and he's the, the senator in Brooklyn that uh, 
his, his office was shot up by accident. I don't think they intended, but they were firing guns in the street and hit his office. And then when I sent them, they sent it You know, I, the reason why I said that then because he's one of the people that that pretty much involved to stop the police from the stop and frisk. You know, as they say. And I said, "What do you think of it? Think of it now." He just gave me a little smug, turned his head, but he didn't answer. You know, many times. If they don't answer, that's an answer, right? So uh, now, since that time, one of the people that uh, Richie Archie and I also honored representing the New York Veteran Police on the Law Enforcement Appreciation Awards, we, you know, uh, keep in mind, everyone that we uh, awarded to and, and honored were Democrats. I just want you to know that because, you know, people say, yeah, you're, you know, you're a right-winger, you're a Republican, you're a conservative. You know, and especially a police organization. We, every one of those city councilmen, assemblymen, the senators, they were all Democratic politicians. But they did the right thing. And, and by the way, that's how you vote for someone. You gotta vote for somebody, you know, uh, because they are going to do the right thing. One of the people that we also honored, uh, is Eric Adams, who's the Brooklyn Borough President. Uh, Eric Adams was a former New York State senator when he signed that bill. I would love to ask him, because this just happened since Richie and I were with Eric Adams, I guess four weeks ago, a month ago, in, in Brooklyn, you know. And uh, I would love to ask him this question. His aide, one of his aides, who was at that event, by the way, when, we, uh, when Richie and I honored him, his son was shot and killed by a, uh, in Brooklyn, you know. Uh, drive-by or, uh, you know, you're in the wrong place at the uh, at the wrong time. And, you know, as they say, it happens, you know. I would love to ask him. And one of the responses, well, by the way, when I talk to uh, minority politicians, and I do, our organization does, and I say to them, we have to revisit, you want to save lives, we have to revisit uh, the stop and frisk. And you know their answer is, well, you know, Lou, stop and frisk, uh, it's, it's only, it affects brown and black, uh, people. But you know, the answer to that is, who's getting shot? Who's being killed out there? You know? Who's being shot? It's not from some guy from Sweden, or somebody from Poland, or from, you know, Yugoslavia, right? Who's getting shot out there? Who's being killed? Minority kids. So, that's, but that's a, a terrible, uh, Argument or, or defense or against that, we got to get stop and frisk back in the city of New York. We got to stop these kids from being killed all over the place in the city. Uh, if the cop loses the case, right? What's the end result? He got a gun off the street. That's the end result. So I talk to your politicians, you know, uh, especially you know if you if you live in, you live in the city, uh, don't be misguided. You know, because some people want to go along, yeah, you know, Lou, it's only uh, black and Hispanic, and maybe now they say Asians now, you know, and uh, that are being uh, stopped stopped out there. But again, not to be repetitious, it's only African-American and Hispanic kids that are being shot out there in the city, in the streets of New York. Got to get the guns off. Got to get the guns off the street, folks. And so I support this. I'm going to take a break now. 
And uh, when I come back, hopefully I'll have my guest on. All right. Come on back. Uh, Lou Talano. Roger Stone will be with me shortly. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday, I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240 FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. The police called after midnight when they caught our son at a drinking party. It was a real wake-up call. A policeman suggested we try Al-Anon family groups. I didn't want to go to a meeting, but I'm glad I did. Are you troubled by someone else's drinking? You might be surprised at what you could learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-ALANON or go to alanon.org. Once upon a time, there was a nice house that lived with a family. The house loved the family and took care of them. One day, it started to rain and rain. The house wanted to protect the family, but the water got inside and ruined everybody's everythings. The house was so sad, but the family didn't think it could happen. They told the house that they would take better care of her, always. Protect what matters. Learn more about your flood risk at floodsmart.gov forward slash care. All right, uh, Lou Talano, welcome back to Streetwise. No, my, my guest was supposed to call in. I know he's in California. I hope, I hope he didn't get this screwed up. Some of them do sometimes, you know, with the two or three hour. I think it's three hour difference in the California. So, uh, but it gives me an opportunity to talk about, uh, my guest, uh, Roger Moore until he comes on. If he comes on, but, uh, uh I'm just going to talk about some of the things that, uh, that Roger Stone has, uh, talked about. By the way, some of his books are very interesting books. Uh, one of his books is the man, the man who killed uh, Kennedy, and uh, in his book, he sort of connects uh, L.B.J. Linda B. Johnson. So that should be an interesting book to buy. And by the way, Roger Moore is like sort of a uh, a great Sherlock Holmes, you know, <laughs> I guess Charlie Chan or a uh, great detective like uh, Charlie, like I said, uh, and uh, Lou Talano. So uh, he would. Uh, he goes in, he goes in, in depth into some of these uh, books that he writes, you know, the making of a president. And I think he's talking about himself because he was involved in the three presidential races. And, you know, and, and the person that he is will probably uh, take credit, <laughs> which, you know, which I think he does. And then he's talked about the, uh, look, I'm giving him, giving him a plug and he still didn't call into the show, but that's okay. He's an interesting person. If he 
calls in. If now I will talk about him and some of the interesting things that uh, uh, Roger Stone is in, involved in. The uh, the Clinton's war on women. That's talking about uh, Bill and Hillary, both of them. And the last time Roger Stone was on my show, uh, that was the book that uh, we were we were you know talking about discussing that book about uh, if anybody's uh, accused of a sexual uh, allegations uh you know like the white room just talked about one about uh, Brett Kavanaugh being accused of a sexual allegation 30 years ago by uh, by who knows who and uh but you get a guy like Bill Clinton what he did you all know goes back to Little Rock when he was a governor and uh I have to say this folks it's like forgotten about nobody cares you know and one of the things he did was run in the White House. Nobody cares, you know. If he ran for president, I have to believe he has a good shot, Bill Clinton. You know, you're not going to see these uh, Me Too groups, you know, these Me Too and these feminist, feminist groups, you know, who are targeting uh, Donald Trump, by the way. So, you know, for, for, for the women that he's had in his lifetime, come on, the young billionaire, right? So, you know, and uh, so, so he has a girlfriend. You know, but one thing I got to give him credit for, people might get mad at me when I say give him credit for, uh, and you know, they, people get confused. He was cheating on his wife. No, he wasn't cheating on his wife. After he got divorced, you know, uh, he'd have a girlfriend. But again, maybe he had a girlfriend while he was married, but nobody knew about it and they can't talk about it because they don't have facts on it. Somebody might call and say, we have facts on it. Well, give me the facts. It's better than anonymous and unknown and reliable. So you can uh, talk about talk about that if you want. So uh, and then he talks about the Nixon secrets about uh, Richard Nixon's uh, rise and fall. I, I was going to mention to I was going to mention this to him if uh, he called in, but I guess he's not going to call in because it's five after the hour. But he was so in tuned with uh, former President Richard Nixon that he's got a great big tattoo on his back. Uh, the face of Richard Nixon. Now, by the way, folks, when I said he was colorful, he was a character. Please don't call in and ask me, how do I know he's got a tattoo on his back? You could Google it, you know, and it's, it's, it's out there. So it's not, it's, it's not a secret for me. But anyway, he has a, a big, uh, tattoo of a Richard Nixon. He shows it off. He shows it off on the internet. But he poses also, because he, he works out. So uh, that's what I mean. He's such a colorful uh, character. I really feel bad that uh, that he hasn't uh, called in. But it's a little mix-up, a little mix-up somewhere, somewhere along the line. So, uh, like like I had mentioned, that he worked on several campaigns, and I'm going to let you in on a little secret that maybe some of you may know. Uh, aside. Uh, from working on Richard Nixon's campaign as a youngster, I think he was 19 years old at at the time, and uh, and then Ronald Reagan, he was actually on a, on a staff. He was like a, an aide. So uh, and then Donald Trump. And if you see the way uh, Roger Stone works, and he's out there, he would say he's a complete right winger. Term I used before, left winger. So now I'm going to say right winger. You know, I laugh at these titles anyway. Uh, you know, this is going to shock you, you know. Uh, okay, I'm going to let you know. I was going to tell you to call in, but 
I'll tell you whose campaign that he worked on in, oh, my God, 1994 it was. So is that a hint, 1994? Uh, oh, my God. He worked on uh, Sharpton's campaign, Al Sharpton. Would you believe that? He worked on Al Sharpton's campaign. He was uh, running the campaign for Al Sharpton. Isn't that that's a surprise? You know, surprise to me. And I'm sure you people out there listening, yeah, you know, but she's a showman. Aside from that, but he, he does present a lot of facts, a lot of things that happened. So I, I guess, you know, uh, Al Sharpton knew a guy that, uh, who's uh, good in what he does. You know, he's a strategist, uh, a political strategist. He's, he is a consultant and, uh, he was the advisor of, uh, one of the advisors of Donald Trump, but there's a little separation there now, but it's no secret. But I think the reason for that is, he, when, you, when you're not attached uh, to the president and you're not working for him, uh, you can pr- pretty much promote him, promote him more. You, you can, you know, because if I was working for Donald Trump, I, I couldn't say what I'm saying now, you know, obviously. So uh, so that's why I, I think that's a political, uh, you know, tactic, which is uh, nothing wrong with that. And uh, But he's... Uh, Again, separated and not, well, I say separated. He's not working for on a payroll or whatever, but he's been with Donald Trump forty years. And some people say years ago it was Roger Stone that convinced Donald Trump uh, to run for the presidency. You know, and uh, there is some credence to that if you if you research it. You see, he was back then. He was doing. You know, and then, the, and plus the fact he did an exploratory, uh, uh, examination, I guess, uh, to see, uh, how Donald Trump would do. And of course, we, we know that we know the answer to that. So he is, uh, he is someone that, uh, has credentials as far as that's, that's concerned. Now, I, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned, uh, the Clintons before, but you know, you know, I don't know how some people can get away with murder, right? And uh, and I mentioned Clinton, so you can put it together, put it together if you want. Uh, a young girl, Jen Moore, a journalist, recently found dead in a hotel room, and uh, guess what? She was investigating, or doing research, or doing the book. Uh, just something that I mentioned again a moment ago, Bill Clinton, on all his sex crimes. It's a suspicious death, but I do not know why they call it suicide. I, I really, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling how they, you know, if someone is in the hotel and nobody knows that person is in the hotel and they, they have no reason why that person was in the hotel and they're found dead there and the family is surprised as, as you and me are now, what was this girl doing in the hotel? And, you know, and again, I mean, we can, we can go back to 1993 to the, uh, listen to this, to the suicide of Vince Foster. You know, legal counsel for, for the uh, White House at that time. Suicide, you know. Uh, by the way, when Roger Stone was on my show last time, uh, 
there were some things going on that, uh, you know, threats to him. And he said on the year, he says, Lou, like I said on, uh, on Bill O'Reilly, because he was on O'Reilly at that time, he said, I'm not a guy to commit suicide. So I want this on your show as well. He said, I just want to let you know, I, you know, I'm too happy with life and having too much fun to commit suicide, right? All right, so it's, it's just amazing. Uh, all right, now we can go back to, uh, there was another person, uh, he was a GOP operative and, uh, oh, recently, by the way, and, uh, he saw what, uh, Peter W. Smith, by the way, his name is, and, uh, he was trying to, uh, get the subpoena emails, uh, in regard to, uh, Hillary Clinton's, uh, emails. And, of course, she was claiming she was hacked. And, uh, he was trying to, to, to work on that to see what he can come across with. I don't have the details, but this is all recently, uh, another suicide. You know, another suicide. I just, uh, you know, uh, another girl, you know, again, not recently, but she was a White House reporter and the fashion designer, Kate Spade. Uh, there was some indication that there was something going on, but again, uh, I'm saying, it's, I don't have no, uh, this is like, uh, it's, but it's out there, and, you know, again, innuendos, rumors, there was some connection with her and Bill Clinton, but uh, I don't think Bill Clinton would do that. Well, you think you think he'd fool around on the side while he's married to Hillary Clinton? Come on, you don't believe that. So uh, anyway, uh, she was also found dead. You know, just uh, and how about people were talking about Anthony Bourdain, the celebrity renowned chef. Uh, no indications by anybody. Oh, yeah, they said he liked to drink. So what does that mean? A lot of people like to drink. They're not going to commit suicide, you know. But dead drunk, that's the expression the, uh, that they use. You know, so uh, it just, uh, again, uh, what was he doing? He was said, he was going to, he was talking about uh, also some allegations that he was going to present that he had on the Clintons, you know. And then, Another surprise, uh, Anthony Bourdain, the renowned uh, celebrity chef, another suicide. My God, don't, please don't be, you know, if, it's just amazing. Is it uh, coincidence? I, I, it's just uh, amazing, amazing things happen. You know, if you, uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, again, you know, I wanted, um, somebody just text messaged me and they were, Ask me what about the uh, confidential anonymous uh, source and why do people react to it? Well, I'll tell you, it's not new, folks, about people reacting to fake news. Uh, and people do. Uh, you know, back in the 16th century, look at this, I'm an historian now. Uh, I just happen to know it. Back in the 16th century in Salem, Massachusetts, all you had to do was say somebody was a witch. Well, very few, uh, inf- you know, maybe another witness, and that person was executed they they hung that person so we you know and uh we did that right here in in this country you know and before uh, the fake news came out but these were you know so it's uh you know i can't think of i didn't look at the name of the person that sent me a text message obviously they know me if they can 
send me it on my, on my phone. You know, but what happens? They send me nothing happens. But we did it again uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, back in late 1600s. Uh, it, it was, and that's where we got that the uh, witch hunt. You know, keep that in mind. I'm doing great tonight. That's where we got the expression the witch hunt from. And you know, and they do that with the politicians today. You know, some of the witch hunts on uh, on uh, Donald Trump. It's it's, it's just am- just amazing. Uh, little time. So I want to go back and uh, touch on uh, Andy Cuomo again because also something interesting I should have mentioned a moment ago when I was talking about him is that if you recall, there was uh, in Albany in the political world. Uh, it's called Three Men in the Room. Three Men in the Room are three top uh, officials that ran the uh, state of New York. And there was uh, uh, Sheldon Silver and Dean Skelos. Uh, Sheldon Silver was the, uh, you know, he was the, uh, the head of the uh, Democratic uh, Senate. In, in Albany, and uh, Sheldon, Sheldon Silver for years and years was the head of the uh, assembly assembly leader, and they and uh, Andy Cuomo, they would call three men in the room. But then about when he was running for office last time, uh, his last uh, re-election, I should say, Andy Cuomo, uh, one of the things he said he was going to, if you remember the big broom, he was going to sweep Albany of crime. They were using that broom to show a clean sweep. Uh, I guess that's what they bent, you know. So special prosecutor was formed, Brett Bahara, and he started doing inquiries. But again, it's, just, it's so crazy, the political world. Yeah, the guy was a former federal prosecutor, so Andy Cuomo, uh, Andy Cuomo appointed him to head this uh, special uh, prosecutor, uh, you know, to, investigative body. But when they got to uh, Shelley Silva, was indicted. They got to uh, Dean Skelos, was indicted. What did he do? He stopped. He disbanded. He disbanded that uh, investigative committee, Andy Cuomo. It's amazing, you know. And then he's the same guy by saying he hopes he better, Trump better not fire Mueller. Which he can, by the way. The president can do that. Who's also, you know, the Mueller, the special prosecutor, you know. And uh, but he can. But he's not. Who knows if he's going to do it or not? I was going to ask Roger Stone that. But the thing is, uh, he uh, imagine that he he stopped a committee because we're getting too close to his doorstep. So, but uh, and anyway, so. But it just shows you the two-faced of many of these politicians. The reason why I'm saying that is because uh, he shouldn't be our governor. You know, if it, it, if you watched all his commercials, the diversion was great. You know, every one of by the way, not the only one. Everyone that ran for the uh, attorney general of the state of New York, uh, their target was not their opponent. There they touched on it slightly. Their opponent was Donald Trump. You would think they were running against Donald Trump. And possibly, in Andy Cuomo's mind, he's getting ready to run uh, against uh, Donald Trump. But many of them are. They're all thinking, you know, they're all grandstanding, like Cory Booker uh, did at the Kavanaugh uh, hearings. 
judicial hearings, uh, he came out and said, I'm Spartacus, you know. In other words, uh, he was going to come out and it backfired because he started talking about things that were strictly confidential that he wasn't supposed to uh, mention. But just so the grandstand, because he's one of the contenders. So I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting, you know, to watch the next presidential race. You're going to watch all these, Demo- all these Democrats that are uh, now Kerry, uh, the senator, he's getting ready. There's so many of them getting ready because they, they think that uh, Donald Trump is beatable. I got news for you. He's not beatable, folks. And uh, Because the only ones that are criticizing him is a small minority. Keep that in mind. You know, the silent majority uh, elected Donald Trump, and they're going to put him back in. But I'm predicting a landslide in the next 2020 election, the presidential election. I'm predicting because people uh, who were against him last time, right, are, are sort of leaning towards Donald Trump now, you know. So that's that's you know that's my point of view, and I've been around long enough to you know to, to see that. So, but they're all jumping in there, and, and I'm glad they are. They cannot get one candidate. They cannot. But again, the Republicans couldn't do it either. Would they have 18, 19 uh, Republicans running against Donald Trump? They all had back, great backgrounds, by the way. When I say great backgrounds, title, many of them were waste, which we know, right? But there were senators and congressmen, you know, uh, Dr. Carson, a great guy, Huckabee, a great guy. You know, there were some good people in there, but many of them regurgitated the same spiel we got a, the environment, the taxes, unemployment, you know, all the same crap, you know. So he, we all know Donald Trump came in and he rocked the boat, you know. So uh, and that's exactly what happened. But it's going to be interesting in 220 when all these Democratic people that are out there all targeting Donald Trump because they think that's the route to go. They're going to be shocked, you know. Because the silent majority is silent, you know. Yeah, they, they, some of them are getting pissed off, and they're coming out there, and they're starting to speak and talk, and maybe a minor. They they really have a demonstration, if you notice that, you know. Uh, they really don't pick it or demonstrate uh, like the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, Democrats or liberals or the agitators or the ones that are so angry uh, that Donald Trump won uh election as president of the United States, they're going crazy, they're going bananas, they're going nuts. You know, I spoke to a psychologist and psychiatrist. They say it's something that's in their mind that clicked and it became the people that loved Donald Trump, by the way, prior to him uh, running for the presidency, they actually loved this guy. You know, they actually liked him. So so look what happened. Look what happened in their head, right? So now they hate him. And, you know, I'd love to ask them why they hate him. It's tremendous hatred that, folks, I don't have to, folks, I don't have to tell you that. The hatred is so deep that they actually threaten him. That's another, uh, that's another question. How do you threaten the President of the United States of America and get away with it? I've never seen it before. I'm sure none of you have seen it before. Nobody, 
I'm talking about, yeah, the isolated cases, of course, the head cases, but all over the place, groups, organized groups, like the group I mentioned before, the resistance group. What the hell are they resisting? What are they, what are they opposing? You know, employment is, unemployment is down. Employment is up. The economy is better. Uh, relatives of mine are, uh, who, by the way, who did not vote for Trump are saying, wow, my 401k went up. My stocks went up. Those people are going to say, hey, I don't want to lose it. You know, Democrats get back in. They want to take my money and give it to the demonstrators. You know, give it to the, give it to the, the takeover Wall Street uh, group, so to speak. You know, they want to and give it to them. You know, the ones that live in their mommy's basement, you know, the ones that don't have a job, the ones that are uh, living on food stamps, welfare, and uh, but they have so much time. They got time to go out there and, and demonstrate. They, you know, and it's you know, but another reason why you don't see too many, not too many pro-Trump live out there because how could they do it? They got to go to work. They have a job. They got responsibility. They got to pay a mortgage. They got to put their kids through college. So you're not going to see them out there with some um, sign, you know, all, all over the place, all, all over the country, anti-Trump. Because they have to make a living, you know, when they get, but when they get into that voting booth in November, folks, you're going to see a landslide. You're going to see a landslide. One of my very extremely close relatives, I don't want to talk too much about family because you never know what head cases out there, pro-Hillary. Pro-Hillary, and he says, we are an Obama family. You know, but after that, when Hillary came, you know, and at that time, I went to visit them. I passed the house, folks, and this is a relative, an extremely close relative. I passed the house because they had a, a Trump sign on their lawn. That's why I couldn't believe it. And that was the beginning. So that's why, you know, what's one of the reasons why I believe that Donald Trump will be uh, win by a landslide. And, and you know, obviously the other reason why people peach, peach, and peach, they're afraid. They're afraid they're going to get subpoenaed. They're afraid they're going to get locked up. They're afraid they're going to get indicted. And you know something? Uh, that may happen. Yeah, that may happen. Maybe not, in, maybe not this first term, but I'm sure a lot of heads will roll. You know, because he said, "What did he say? You punch me, I punch you twice." You know, pick on the wrong guy. You know, he's not a politician. He's not going to go in the back room and say, "Let's make a deal." You know, he's going to strike back at you, and that's what they're afraid of. You can't talk to him. You can't bribe him. You can't give him a girlfriend. I mean, what could you do with this guy, you know? So they were scared. They're frightened, you know, because they're so corrupt. They've taken money from corrupt people. They're taking money from corporations that they approve contracts to in the state, you know? So it's just, and they know it. I'm talking about Congress. I'm talking about, the, why do you think even Republicans, why have a lot of them, a jumping ship. Why a lot of them not going to run again? Republicans as well as Democrats, because they're guilty conscience. They're guilty conscience. They've taken money, Wall Street, whatever. You know, uh, 
uh, these different medical firms, whatever, to push legislation, you know. And a lot of them get, you know, a lot of them got caught doing that, you know. Uh, it's just amazing. So they were afraid. They were scared. And what's their, and what's their answer? Their answer is, we gotta get them out of the way. We gotta impeach them. See, I'm concerned about his safety. Because these are desperate people. And desperate people do desperate things, you know. I can tell you this. He's not gonna commit suicide. You know, that's for sure. You know, so, how are they gonna concoct something like that? And they can do it. They've done it, and they can do it. There's a group of people in this world, and, I'm gonna, and if you buy Roger Stone's books, he's including the Bush family, the Kennedy family, the Clinton family. These are people that are more dangerous than the mafia. You know, so they people you have to watch out for. So, and that's who we, that's who Donald Trump has to watch out for. You know. I mean, uh, Supreme Court Justice Scalia. What happened with him? He went to a, a, a vacation home at a time when you don't go on vacation. His family didn't know he was there. He was found DOA. He was cremated. He was cremated quickly, right? And nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to. What happened to U.S. Supreme Court Judge uh, Scalia? What happened with that, you know? Uh, it's still, you know. Nobody's talked about it. Yeah, but anyway, those are some of the things that uh, are going on. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry to my guest and Roger Stone. Maybe he'll come on next week, but maybe he got maybe his uh, three-hour difference from California might ha- have done it. But, uh, yeah, because I, w- I wanted to talk to him about uh, him working on uh, Al Sharpton's campaign. I wanted to talk about uh, Richard Nixon's tattoo on his back. When I say back, I don't mean his butt. I mean his back, you know. But then again, who knows? Uh, he might show us his butt online. By the way, I want to thank you for listening to Streetwise. Thank you for listening to me. All right. And this is Lou Talano, and I'll catch you later. been listening to Streetwise on the station that serves your community, WGBB AM 1240 and W240DF-FM 95.9. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.